Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Our guest today is Krista Miller. She is the strategic mind behind Summit in a Box, which I'm sure you've heard me rave about many times before. Krista helps you replace slow growth and costly marketing strategies with a high converting virtual summit that will multiply your revenue and lead to your biggest course, membership, or group program launch yet. And I'm so excited you're here and I can't wait to talk all things virtual summits with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be able to go back and forth on this topic. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I would love um, for you to share a little bit more about your story. I don't think I actually know your story, like how you decided to focus on virtual summits. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I started out in, what, 2015, running a WordPress development business. So I was doing WordPress development for designers and after a few years was kind of at the point where like I was getting clients as I needed them, but literally only as I needed them. I'd like finish up a project one day and be like, oh my gosh, where's my next client going to come from? And then like they'd magically show up in my inbox the day after. So very stressful, was making barely the money I needed and just needed more people to know about me. I just kind of felt stuck. I was getting literally like one email subscriber a day and was kind of sick of that after uh, hustling for three years. And a virtual summit was the only answer that came to mind for me. And I pushed off the idea of hosting a summit for a long time because like, I was nobody. People didn't know who I was. I was not an influencer. I was not well-known. And at the time, it was really only the big names that you were seeing hosting virtual summits. But eventually, there was just one day in the car where I was like, I can do this my way. I just had this big realization. I can create something incredible for my audience of designers. At that time, there were no, there was nothing specifically for designers. A lot of the summits you were seeing were like for all online business owners. People hadn't gotten to the point where they were niching down events yet. And it was just such an eye-opening thing for me. So I ho- hosted my first summit in 2018 hoping to bring in, my goal was literally two or $3,000 in sales. I would not say that out loud though, because I didn't think it was possible. Uh, and if, like a few hundred email subscribers was my goal. I really just kind of wanted to be well-known and was hoping it would do more than all the other things I was doing. But in reality, I ended up bringing in uh, 1,400 new email subscribers. I made $16,000 and I booked out my services for six months in advance. And for someone who was bringing in like three, $4,000 a month, that was life-changing. Like that was an impossible amount of money that I made at one time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this over and over again. So I really quickly started planning my next summit. But in the meantime, so many attendees and speakers and like my coach and all of these people 
kept popping into my social media and inbox and be like, can you teach me how to do that? Uh, you should make a course on this. That was amazing. How did you do it? I'm like, oh my gosh, leave me alone. That was so much work. I will not teach you how to do that. Um, but they eventually wore me down clearly because here we are about six months after that event, I did launch the Summit in a Box brand. All I had for sale was my Asana template. So like, here's the Asana template I use to host the summit. Let's let's see if you want it. Uh, and they did. So I just kind of grew from there. I opened a membership next. Now we have our signature Summit in a Box program. We have a Launch with the Summit Accelerator group coaching program. And yeah, summits is what I live and breathe now. I am so glad that you decided to move forward with it or people wore you down or whatever it was because <laughs> Summit in a Box is absolutely incredible. Like I, I purchased it before I hosted my first summit, which I can't remember if it was 2021 or 2020. I've hosted eight since then. Wow. <laughs> and it's gotten easier, but I still go back to certain yeah. things in Summit in a Box. Like it's such, it, it's the most valuable thing I've ever purchased. And oh. it's, it's incredible. And I love what you shared about your first summit. Cause I have a similar thing. Like my first summit, I was like, you know, really scared to put myself out there as like summit host and feel like I'm responsible for getting these speakers results. I'm mm -hmm. now responsible for like creating a fun and valuable event for the attendees. It was, it felt like a lot of pressure. And so um, my goal was like, I think it was 3000. And I ended up making over 20,000 that first summit. And that yeah. was just mind blowing. I love that. Yeah. It's so easy to get in our own heads and be like, this isn't going to work for me. And, but then it just makes it sweeter when, when it does, and we can blow our own goals out of the water and see that we mm -hmm. need to work on our mindset a little bit, maybe. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I have one really big question that I really wanted to ask you, because I, I know there's quite a few people in my world and in my audience who are in the process of creating their first summit or they have plans to or want to. But then I've also heard some people say recently that there's just so many summits right now. So I'd love to hear your thoughts around that. If that's maybe something that somebody is thinking and is holding them back from actually moving forward with their own event. Yeah. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> there are a lot of summits and depending on like the season, holy smokes, like if you are in like a B2B, in the B2B space and you want to host an October summit, like woof, we got to have some real special positioning to stand out with that. But like, that's the key to it. There are a lot of summits, but guess what? There's a lot of people promoting on Instagram. There's a lot of webinars. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of everything. So you can't rule out a ultra effective strategy just because a lot of people are doing it. You just need to figure out how you are going to stand out when you do it. A big piece of what I focus on in our program, I mean, everywhere, everywhere I talk about summits uh, on my podcast and our challenge, like everywhere is you need to have really solid positioning for your summit. You do not want to be like, oh, I want to host a summit. Let me just think, oh yeah, here's what I'm going to host it on and like move into the process. No, your summit audience and topic really deserve a lot of thought and some brainstorming and getting creative. If you are going to host a summit on something that 20 other people are hosting a summit on, that's where it's going to be tough. That's where it is hard to stand out. That's where you might not get the results you want. But when you get creative, when you do a, get a little bit out of the box, when, which is funny from someone who, who runs a business called Summit in a Box, 
But when you host a summit that really solves a specific problem your audience has, that's when you stand out. That's when it does not matter that there are so many summits out there. That's where you uh, still get speakers who are excited. You still get attendees who are excited. You still get sales of your all access pass, any offer you launch through it. It still makes a huge impact in your business when you get those things right. I love that. Yeah. And it's so true. It's because I tend to sign up for summits a lot too, because I'm, I'm multi-passionate. I love learning. I love like finding new people to follow who are speaking at different events. Um, so I sign up for a lot of summits as an attendee. I also speak at many summits, but what drives me to actually like, not just sign up, but actually participate, actually be engaged in the summit is if there's really specific messaging and presentations that are relevant to who I am, where I'm struggling and what I want to help with right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm like thinking back to the last few summits I signed up for and like actually participated and actually bought the all access pass. There was one recently about low ticket offers, which, you know, B2B summits are tough because so many people do them and you can only get so creative when you're like marketing to business owners but no one had done that before. So heck yeah, I signed up and bought the offer and like actually went through the, the summit. It had been a long time since I'd gone through a B2B one before. Other ones that get me often are parenting ones. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So if there's like one about, you know, parenting your toddler without yelling, like, yes, please sign me up for that. You know, but it, they're all very specific, like you said, to where I am uh, in life and in business. So you need to watch out for you know, the direction that feels easy with being like, I'm going to host a summit that teaches business owners to make more money. Like, it's just not going to do it. You know, you got to get specific. So true. Yeah. And do you have any thoughts around like, because mostly my entire audience are introverts or, and a high majority of those tend to not want to have like live components to their mm -hmm. summits. And I've, I've shared before, like my first summit, there was zero live components. It was, but I think that worked for my audience because it was a summit for introverts. Like they didn't want to have to show up live themselves, <laughs> but for anyone who's thinking about creating a summit and is an introvert and is maybe positioning the summit for people who maybe want those live components, are there any tips or anything that they could do differently? Yeah, I, honestly, I think that summits are like the perfect introvert networking strategy because you're bringing all these people together, like speakers and attendees alike, and you're really not having to do a whole lot that's actually live. But yeah, if if you target an audience that does enjoy those live components and like kind of expects them and wants them, I guess I would I would start by paying attention to what things feel good to you to do? Like what doesn't feel like as much of an energy drain? Like for me, if I was going to be doing like, I guess that's when I was, when I was first getting started and maybe not as comfortable with everything, the thought of like a live Q and A where I was taking questions live and having to react on the spot. Oh man, that would have had me anxious and stressed out and drained after the fact. So like, I didn't do that. Um, and I'm right with you. My first summit or two, like there was nothing live. It was all pre-recorded stuff, which was great. Or maybe to you, it would feel better to like host a panel with your speakers where you're there asking questions and facilitating, but you're not the one having to like be the total star of the show. You know, like you're still there. You're still um, getting that FaceTime with speakers and attendees alike, but it's not all on you. Uh, you can think of different ways to do it like that. And I also just think it's fine if you're like live components aren't for me. 
like it's not an issue. You can build in other ways for people to interact in your summit. I don't think there are a whole lot of audiences out there where they'd be like, oh, there's nothing live here. I'm I'm straight up not signing up. I would say they're a nice to have. They can enhance the experience, but it's not going to make or break your event to have live components or not. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, I want to go back to the topic because I feel like, of course, like the topic like that makes a summit. What are some ways that you can figure out your topic or like figure out a way to like, if you have a pretty broad topic, like how can you figure out a way to niche that down a little bit to make it more clear positioning? Yeah. So we're actually uh, going through this together in a free five day challenge I have coming out. So I'd love to talk about that in a little bit if it fits, but to like, to give you a start here, Actually, where I like to begin first is with the audience. If the the broader your audience is, the easier it is to end up also with a broad topic. When you get specific with your audience, it it flows a lot more naturally to have that specific topic because you have to to make it fit for your audience. But you know, if you're on the topic step, if you're like, okay, this is really broad, there's not really a specific outcome, start brainstorming those specific outcomes. Or maybe even start with that wide topic you have and be like, okay, what kinds of presentation topics would I want underneath that? And I would be willing to bet that you will start noticing themes with that, right? Like you'll start coming up with presentation categories that fit into different themes. And a lot of times, one of those themes is actually a good fit for the actual topic of your summit. And then with that, you're not teaching like 101 level information for every single session, you can get more specific. There can be deeper strategy and, you know, different places for people to dive in if they're, you know, introductory, advanced, whatever. And a lot of times that's all it takes is like taking it from your overarching topic to a category you were thinking about within that topic. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Cause I know I've, I've definitely struggled with that with like the introvertpreneur summit. I'm like, like the audience is specific, but then I kind of have like each day is around like a certain topic. Um, so it, it makes sense, but I'm like, I would really love to start doing like smaller events that are more specific on those topics for that audience. Yeah. It sounds like that's a perfect example where you know, maybe what you have on day one could be a summit in and of itself. And maybe it's not as long. Maybe it's, maybe if you do like four or five day events, it's a two day event, but you can go more in depth. You can get more specific with your messaging and your outcome and what's included in your all access pass and what offer it leads into afterwards. Everything else can be so much more direct. And that that's really powerful when it comes to conversion rates and, and uh, increasing results and stuff like that. I think that's a really good point too, because it it kind of goes hand in hand. Like I see the same thing with like courses and programs, like we just throw so much into them. And really what people are after is like really specific, strategic, like tailored content. We don't need to like give them everything. <laughs> so like, I, I know I struggled with that with, I don't know if it was the first summit intro, introvertpreneur summit or the second one might've been the second one. Cause I think for the first one, I just pitched people to be speakers. And the second one, I opened up a call for speakers and I had like over 200 people apply to be a speaker. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, at the time I was thinking I was going to make it shorter. I was going to have like, maybe I think my number was 16. And then once I got those 200 applications, I was like, there is no way I can like condense this down to 16 people. So we ended up having 40 speakers again. 
but I think it's, it's some of the feedback I got is that there was just so much. Yeah. And I think people do the same thing when they create a course or a program, like we just put too much into it. So that is just overwhelming. Yeah. I've run into that with my events as well. Um, up until just my most recent, like summits three through seven, I was like, oh my gosh, I am not going to have that many speakers next time. <laughs> and instead I would get more because <laughs> you start looking for speakers or start you know, putting a call out for speakers. And it is so hard to narrow down when you find all these people who are just perfect fit audience wise and have incredible topics. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I got that feedback as well, especially at first, like, oh, this is like so much, but then I I kind of learned to start planning for it. So just in case you find yourself in that position again, I would start kind of owning the fact, like in my copy, in the onboarding stuff attendees would get in like my kickoff call. This is a lot. I know it's a lot. My goal is not for you to go through every single presentation. I don't want that to be your goal either. Here's mm -hmm. how you can narrow it down. And, you know, I've done that through like a quiz they could take to that would identify their top like five or 10 or whatever presentations to go to. I've done it by sorting presentations into categories by experience level. So my summit, a lot of my summits have been for designers. If you're new, if you're intermediate, if you're advanced, um, and then kind of breaking it down into like subtopics again too, um, can help people as well. But yeah, maybe maybe that's a clue for both of us that we could even still uh, get more narrow with with our summits if it continues being an issue. Yeah. It's hard because yeah, there's so many amazing speakers out there and you're just like it's just it it feels almost impossible to narrow it down, but maybe that's also a sign that we should do more events um that are more narrowed down yet. <laughs> yes, I like that. I agree with that. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of mindset around it too. Cause I, I know like, I, I'm going to ask this for myself because it, it's kind of timely. So I've been thinking for a few months to do um, another event, a shorter one, more niche down two day event, less speakers. And I've had this planned, like I even have the sales page already and the branding Aww. and everything. But then I started to like, the more that I was being asked to be a speaker, I'm like, do I need to run another event? Like I'm, I have so many that I'm participating in now. It almost feels like, yeah, there's, there's a mindset issue there where I'm like, should I go forward with this or do I need to? And I think that's, it's not really about, do I need to? It's about, does my audience need this? Yeah. I think it can be, does my audience need this and does it align with my goals? You know, and I would guess like, just because of the awesome offers I know you have, like, does your audience need it? Like, eh, probably not. But do you want it as a way to connect with new people in the industry, to build your email list more, to build some momentum, you know, with the with the audience you already have? Are those goals you have right now? Because, I don't know, to me, speaking in a summit or multiple summits doesn't, for me at least, it doesn't even come close to to hosting my own. Like, the visibility, the momentum it builds in your business, the revenue, uh, list growth, like mm -hmm. at least in my experience, it doesn't even compare. So it's kind of more like, what are your goals with it? What feels more aligned? And what do you have the energy for? You know, especially for someone who hasn't hosted a summit yet. There are a lot of work. Okay. I, I teach mm -hmm. summits that what I'm all about. I love everyone to want to host a summit, but I'm never going to say they're easy. They're a lot of work, especially your first one. So you've got to kind of judge what are my energy levels like right now? What's coming up in my next three to four months of life? Like, do I have room for this? So there are so many different 
things to consider. But I think your your upcoming goals are probably where I would look most. Yeah, that's a good point too about the first um, summit. Like I think I spent six months planning my first mm-hmm. one. Like um, actually it might've been eight months. I think in Summit in a Box at the time, is, is it three to six months that you recommend for your first summit? We have a timeline that generates a three-month timeline, but it, it's a lot. You know, it's it's you're working 10, 15, if you're a perfectionist, maybe 20 mm-hmm. <laughs> hours a week on it. Yeah. And even with like all of the templates and everything we have, like it, it is a, a significant amount of work to get it off the ground. Yeah. Because I, I remember seeing that that three months and I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to double that for my first mm-hmm. one just yeah. so, you know, I have lots of time. I can like, make sure that it's going to be like, I, I'm not going to be rushed because it, they are a lot of work, but that first one, once you get the first one out of the way, it's a lot easier. Yeah, I agree. And then like, we're saying how much work it is, but what I also want you to remind everyone of is the return. Mm-hmm. There is nothing else I've ever done in my business that I can really compare to the results of Summit Brinks. I can piece together a whole bunch of my other strategies and be like, okay, this kind of lines up. But there's no other one single strategy that builds connections in the industry, positions you as an expert, grows your email list by thousands, makes sales, engages a cold audience, and makes like other sales of your other offers all at once. Like it's top, middle, bottom of funnel and everything in between and around that all in one strategy. So while it's like a significant amount of work, it can replace a lot of the things you're already doing and do them more effectively as well. So like, that's why people who host summits do it. Like, is it a lot of work? Yeah. But does it bring incredible results? Like, yes, <laughs> like can't be matched mm-hmm. at least from what I have experienced so far. Yeah. I think that's a good point too. Like, that's why people do it. That's why there are more summits happening now because people are seeing the benefits and how powerful hosting these virtual summits actually are. Yep. Um, So I would love for you to share about your challenge, which starts very soon. Yeah, it's it's like so perfect with what we've been talking about here. If you're someone who has a summit on your mind, whether you're like, "Eh, maybe someday, or if you're planning one in the next three to six months, this uh, challenge is the perfect place for you to start. It's called Start Your Summit That Sells. Uh, And my goal is really for you to take the first steps in the summit planning process So then again, whether you're ready to start right now, start right after the challenge, or you want to wait a little bit, you have those foundations set to host a virtual summit that's actually effective, that's positioned well, that skyrockets your visibility, your email list, your income, all of that good stuff. So uh, like I said, the challenge is five days. Really, our primary goals through this challenge are to choose a like choose the right summit audience, choose a profitable topic, and then set the date your summit's going to be and create an action plan around it. So then once you're ready to dive in, you have these most important things out of the way. We talk about mindset a little bit. We set some goals, but those three things, the audience topic and date uh, are the big primary things we work on together. So uh, we re- we work through these uh, live. Um, I give feedback. Uh, there's prizes to win. Uh, we play bingo. We have a lot of fun in this challenge. It's, it's free uh, and it's a great way to really get started with your summit. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely go sign up for that because I mean, your knowledge around summits is just like, I love listening to your podcast. I'm going to plug that too. If anyone wants to go 
check out Krista's podcast. There is a ton of information and really strategic advice on there as well. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the podcast is great. It's such a fun, I mean, you know, such a fun place to be able to just share ideas and things you want your people to know as you have the ideas. So I don't hold back on there either. I love that. And I'm so glad I could finally get you on the podcast because you are definitely somebody that I've wanted to have on as a guest for a while. And I think it's like perfect timing right now with your challenge, Mm -hmm. with like a few conversations I've been having with, with people in my community over the last few weeks about they want to host their own summit. I'm like, this is just all perfect for, (laughs) for people in this mindset, especially like if you're going to plan one before the end of the year, like now is definitely Mm -hmm. the time. Or even if you want to run one in the new year, like, and give yourself a little bit extra time to get that done. Like now is, is the time. And I'm so excited because I love summits. Usually there's not a summit that comes across my inbox that I won't sign up for. It's just a matter of, you know, if I feel called to then actually participate, get the all access pass so I can watch later. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I love learning. So I love summits and I love that there are so many now. Yeah. There, there's, there's such an accessible way to learn and like meet new people you want to learn from, whether it's a hobby, whether it's your business, whether it's about your family, like it's, they're just such great resources. They're, They're great to run, but they're also great to experience as an attendee. I totally agree. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And we're going to have all of Krista's links in the show notes. So you can go sign up for the free challenge and get started with that. You can check out her podcast, her website, Summit in a Box, or connect with her on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at thetarareed.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.